Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale and Sydney's Northern Beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out in line or why not visit the brewery. They're open now in Monavale. Uh, get your booking in and go and check it out. It's awesome up there. Well, we've got a bumper episode in store tonight. Uh, one of our frontrunners had a loss first time this season. Looking forward to talking about that and all the other action from around the grounds. And in the Australian Super Rugby, had their final on the weekend. Looking forward to talking that and briefly touch on the upcoming Bledisloe series. Heaps to talk about. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round 10 wrap. Joining me on the line is that man again, Andrew Swain. Swainy, how are you, mate? Oh, happy as always, Burjo. What an uh, interesting weekend of results. First and foremost, mate, how was the trip uh, down south to Canberra to present the first ever Australian Super Rugby Championship? Unfortunately, didn't go to the Reds, but went to the Brumbies. But, uh, mate, that's quite the honour. Yeah, it was. It was a real honour, standing next to the Governor-General, um, and Hamish McLennan from Rugby Australia, and it was it was one of the more awkward slash not awkward presentations, I think, because because it's COVID safe, you couldn't shake anyone's hand or anything, so people just had to come up and collect their trophies and then speak and then walk off. And I actually I didn't mind it that way. I thought it was quite uh, efficient. So yeah, it was good. I'll bet, mate. Well, your reflections on the game. I think the um, I think the best team all year won, but uh, the Reds hung in there and, and uh, made it interesting, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. It was tight to the end. I think that you're right. the The best team won. I feel like that that bruising encounter the week before for the Reds probably just caught up with them a little bit. They they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't like uh, use that as an excuse, but. It was it was definitely um, pretty evident. They just they looked a little bit flat in the first sixty minutes or so, and they came to life. But they they just couldn't get home in the end. It was uh, it was a cracking final though, and I think you know on the whole a really good season. Yeah, no, it was. It was um, lots of great games as we've talked about regularly on the show. Uh, it was very enjoyable. It's great to see some of the Australian sides getting some success that maybe weren't getting on a regular basis against the New Zealand side. So it's going to be interesting to see what next year brings um, in sport. Obviously, we don't know. But, look, if it's something like that, we can't really complain, can we? Yeah, that's right. I think the entertainment factor was right up there. I think if we can sell that a bit more, that entertainment side of things, because there were some really entertaining games, I feel like that, you know, if we had to go with that again, it's it's not such a bad product. And, yeah, I, I hope that um, I hope that Rugby Australia now gets a bit of support and around them. Um, sounds like mm. it's going to be pretty tough with yeah. you know, Qantas and things like that. Um, and, and, you know, a broadcast deal still being negotiated. But, um, yeah, look, it, I, I think if we have to sell that again, it's not the worst possible result. Yeah, interesting developments today with uh, Qantas. But, you know, obviously uh, the pandemic was a straw that broke the camel's back. But you got to look at it as a 30-year relationship. It's pretty incredible in sport to have a, a relationship that lengthy. So uh, hopefully some opportunities. Maybe see Twiggy Forest Mob on the front of the jersey next season. Yeah, the Fortescue Wallabies. What do you think? <laughs> Maybe. It'll go to the highest bidder, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's look, it's it's pretty disappointing, but uh, you know, I think the the writing was fairly on the wall for that one. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, uh, in brighter news, um, the Wallaby squad's been finalised after the final and and no uh, surprises that the Brumbies and the Reds look to be making up the bulk of that squad. Um, your reflections or comments on, on, on what Rennie's named? Yeah, I think it's I think it's exciting. You know, it's, there's quite a lot of uncapped players there. Um, Sixteen yeah. uncapped players, I, I believe. Um, another thirteen of those guys have played less than ten tests. You know, average age of twenty four years of age. Um, yeah, that's that's got to be exciting, doesn't it? I mean, and and we've seen some of those guys who are uncapped that are included in that team and, and what they can do this year at Super Rugby level. This is going to be another step up, obviously. A lot of them won't get a Wallabies jersey probably this year, but it's just a nice little look to the future. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually heading up to the Hunter tomorrow to do some socially distanced shooting with um, for Fox Sports, which will be good. And um, and so I'll get to see what they're doing at a at a fair distance, but um, it'll be good. Yeah, well, mate, you can be our eyes and ears uh, up in Wallaby Camp. We look forward to that report next week. Um, a couple of players that caught the uh, eye on the weekend: uh, Noah Alessio, straight back into the groove after injury, wasn't he? For the yeah, Bumpers. what about the footwork on him? Uh, like that's one thing that really stood out for me was just his ability to take the ball to the line and then. Jink off the left or right, get the offload away. Um, he is so exciting and he just looks so confident and calm and composed. For a 21-year-old, that's that's incredible. So, oh, mate, I, 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 I'd say we'll see him in gold at some point this year. Uh, I, I hope we do because he's an impressive young human. Yeah, well, the injury to Tamua opens up the number 10 jersey a bit and uh, you're right, he's been super impressive. So, Hopefully we get to see him running around in gold. And, um, you know, another great game from Jordan Pataia. Unfortunately, got injured after the game, but it's news today that he might be okay for the Bledisloe. But, God, he's a talent. Like, oh, I know we, yeah. we, like, we like to make throwaway comments when we compare ourselves to New Zealand rugby. And, um, but I'd almost see him making the All Blacks. He's that good when he wants to be. Yeah, he really is, isn't he? Just the way he cleaned that ball up. In, in threw a goose step in, got through the, the defensive line, threw another goose step in, and then threw just an mm. audacious offload to Harry Wilson, who was right there on the spot to, to support him. It was just impressive, wasn't it? it that's just an abs- a little glimpse of what he can do. Uh, you know, he's been pretty well marked, I thought, the, the last few weeks when he's, when he's mm. been fit. But... Uh, to see him be able to to do that, that sort of thing was, yeah, you're right, so impressive. He is world class. He's a genuine world class player and could be one of our one of the best players in the world by the end of this year. And no surprises, Hooper retained the captaincy. Yeah, no surprises there. I don't think uh, there was a fairly interesting article written in the Australian this week or, or last week, I think it was, suggesting that there could. They could name some other players as captain. I, I think that was a, a fair uh, long bow, fairly long bow to draw. But how uh, could yeah. you? I mean, he's too durable. He's too experienced. He's too good. Yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly right. Dave Rennie spoke about today picking guys that are the best in their jersey, and uh, I think Michael Hooper's pretty close to the best in his jersey this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. A good manly boy, mate. Yeah, that's it, mate. A, a wallaby captain too, to boot. That's that's, that's, uh, that's, that's must be very, it must be a very proud moment for you, mate. 
Oh, mate, we've, we've come accustomed to uh, great Australian number sevens that hail from the beaches, mate. Um, <laughs> so, you know, embarrassment of riches down here in the back row, but that's okay. It's, it's great to see. And he might become the uh, – Highest uh, highest test skip highest test captain. Oh, how am I trying to say this? Most test captain by a Wallaby skipper. So uh, that could be on the agenda for him pretty quickly. Yeah, it sure could. I think uh, he's just such an impressive guy as well, isn't he, Michael Hooper? He's really grown into the role. I feel like his leadership was was on show at the World Cup last year. Even though even though they were were struggling, um, I thought that he stood up a couple of times and just showed that he he's going to be a really good leader or he's a good leader already and going to be even better. And I feel like having stepped away from the captaincy at the Waratahs will help him as well in that respect. He can just he was able to sit back, take a bit of a break this year from that responsibility and actually maybe hone his craft a little bit more. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the Wallabies run around this year. It could be a tough couple of weeks over in New Zealand, but uh, when they come back to Australia, hopefully everyone gets around them. Just looking down the list, there's not many players on that Wallaby squad, 2020 squad, that haven't played Shoot Shield. Yeah, it's, it's a good great, point. It's, it's a good point. Look at it. I mean, Ainsley, I think, has played some games. Alatoa, we know, has got history in the Shoot Shield. Bell, we know. Pony Family of Sillies obviously played at Norse. Jake Gordon, Hannigan, Will Harrison, Reese Hodge, Michael Hooper, Tom Horton, Harry Johnson-Holmes, Jack Maddox. It's yep. just going, Brandon Panger, Amosa. James O'Connor's um, even run around in the shoot shield, I think, hasn't he? <laughs> West Harbour. Oh, I forgot about that. James O'Connor, Matt Phillip, James Ram, uh, Pete Samu, Eray Simone from North, who's a well, you know, great story. Yeah. Swin- Swinton. Uh, Scotty Yep, yeah, Scotty Seo. Um, so fantastic to fantastic testament to the shoot shield. We're very proud of uh, all the players that have graduated uh, in the Wallaby duties that have, that have been running around as, as recently as last season. Yeah, and, and I mean a lot of the guys that you missed out there as well played in the Brisbane competition and have done in the past as well. So of that's a that's that's a testament to how strong club rugby is and what a great uh, pathway it is. And, and you know, warehousing players straight out of school into um, academies and things like that. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know if that's the best way. It's a. It's. I mean, it's an interesting debate. We could sit here and talk about that all night, probably. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I do love the club rugby pathway, playing against you know men, um, and and uh, you know developing them into hardened footballers before they make that step up again. Yeah, I think that's long been the debate and obviously it's difficult with the contracting. But, um, yeah, I agree, mate. The more of them running around in club footy, the best, the better. And uh, it's great to see such strong representation. Let's just hope they beat those All Blacks 4-zip. It's not a tough ask, is it? Yeah, I know. That doesn't look very good at all. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> you know, look, if we can take – I'll tell you what, if we can take one test off them over in New Zealand and that's yeah. – I mean, even that's – drawing a long bow but, and, and going to be tough. But if we can take one test off them, it's game on. And, is it, uh, is it mate, four blitters, Lowe's? Like, how does How is it split? How do you win the blitters, though, this year? So have we got to win three out of four? We have to win three out of four. But, mate, oh, you know what? Who, what? What moron came up with that bloody agreement? Oh. That is ridiculous. I tell you three what, it's, it is, you know what, it is 2020. We've seen some shit this year. Forgive my French. Swaney, that that is shite. What the hell are we thinking? Can't we just nab one over there? And oh, you're kidding. Three out of four. 
Oh, gee whiz. Okay, well, that's all right. Like I said, four zip, four zip. That's it. Mate, we'll push on to club footy because last week um, I got I got some great responses to our Olympic flashback, but I've also got some negative ones that we didn't start talking about shoot shields about 24 minutes. Mate, um, I, I 100%, I 100% got the same feedback from one, and it's a shout-out to one Darren Coleman. He cornered me. Oh, you got Darren too, did you? Okay, he's the only only one I got. So who really cares? And why don't we jump straight into their first loss of the season to commence proceedings? (laughs) (laughs) That that sounds nice to me. Hi, DC. Yeah, what did he say to you, mate? I just said that he uh, he is enjoying Shootcast but has to fast forward 11 minutes into it so that he can listen to to what he wants to listen to. Oh, yeah, yeah. He said... um, if I wanted to hear you and Laney talk about life, I'd invite you around for a barbecue. So that's a fair, <laughs> that's a fair serve. <laughs> All right, let's go straight to uh, Chatswood Oval to talk about Darren's uh, Highlanders, who've had their first loss of the season. Yeah, uh, wasn't it a high-quality game, though? I sat and watched this. And, yeah, watched um, a fair bit of it. High what about the start? Quality. It was unreal. What about the start? Off the kickoff, oh, 13 yeah. seconds in. Outstanding. Reese Mao, uh, kickoff off Sinclair, caught it on the 40, stepped a couple. I think um, George Porch scored a couple of tries like that last season, uh, the yeah. seventh player. But, oh, it was, it was really gave um, – I felt I felt it gave Shawman a, a real quick jab to the face, if you know what I mean. Obviously, it was a, a big day, uh, a bit of a derby, and uh, kind of stunned the crowd a bit. Yeah, it sure did. It was a decent crowd down at, at Chatswood Oval as well, and they would have been loud and vocal. And then you could hear crickets after that one. It was um, you could only hear the, the the dozen or so North's lower graders down in the corner who were yelling. Um, unbelievable start! It was just the perfect. It was the perfect kickoff, the perfect take, yeah. and the, yeah. the perfect run to the line. Um, and then, you know, as I said, the, just the tempo of the game, the, you know, it was passionate. Um, you know, I loved the Gordon jerseys. I don't know. What did you think? Uh, I had an interesting discussion with Darren about this on Sunday because uh, there is a bit of sports science around changing your strip and success rates and uh, it doesn't read so fondly. Is I thought that they, right? I thought, yeah, I thought they looked a bit like Carlton back in 1910 uh, running around. I thought they were, look, I appreciate the great work that Paladin's done on it, but uh, for a derby game, you want your original colours, I feel. But, uh, look, they were the original colours, so you actually can't say that, but if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. I was looking forward to the, you know, the, the tartan and the red and black going head-to-head. But, look, it was, a, it was a beautiful jersey and a way to commemorate the match, but maybe a little bit of an identity crisis. And, uh, you know, when the French used to make the All Blacks upset by wearing a dark, uh, a sort of a dark navy and the, oh, they first forced the All Blacks into wearing white, there's a bit of mind games there for me, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, fair chance. It was, you know, the long sleeves and the um, and the, the, the V. And I mean, I love the look of the jersey, but you're right. It, it, identity crisis, it kind of felt like that because I mm. feel like North's, they kind of played Gordon at their own game, didn't they? Um, yeah, it's funny. It was it was super like it was seven seven zip, and then Iona I think scored a penalty. It stayed that way till about the sixty fifth minute. Yeah, there was. It was I tight. mean, it was good watching. You know, Duffy and Goddard go at it. A couple of stinks between the two of them. I, yeah, I really, I really liked um, North's line speed. You know, they were forcing errors uh, out of Gordon, and, and there, there's the sort of errors that we hadn't seen Gordon make this year. Um, 
you know, the North scrambling their defensive line, I just I just felt like they were up for it. It just felt like a bit of a tired performance from Gordon. Yeah. Um, Bury and Russell, for me, uh, uh, the form centre pairing in the shoot shield. Those yeah, guys were brother going. Bury scored another great try. Yeah, Max, Max did. Yeah, yeah. And, and Harry and and um, Nathan Russell in the centres there for for North. So I know they listened to Shootcast, so shout out to those guys as well. But um, it was um, I thought it was a really clinical performance from those two guys. Uh, they, they were aggressive. They they just ran straight and hard all day. Russell made a couple of awesome breaks just in that slightly wider channel and um and you know was was throwing offloads uh, yeah I, I felt like they were pretty well um pretty well beaten Gordon on the day I thought Winchester was good on the wing as well um yeah so uh, a pretty pretty uh, comprehensive victory from from the Shawman yeah they were very polished towards the back end of the game obviously iced it late um James Morgan continues to impress me. The hooker scored a good try in the corner. Um, But, um, yeah, just uh, impressive, impressive. I I know Gordon obviously had a few changes. I saw Vailano has now shifted out to the side of the scrum to accommodate um, Robbie Abel. And I see Dempsey's now came off the bench. Yeah. Um, So, you know, they've they've had a few few changes from, from up top, which is sometimes can be disruptive in those first few weeks so they get in sync with the team and, and obviously Joey Walton's now back in the mix. So, look, I don't think Gordon will be too upset, um, but uh, a good maybe a good wake-up call before the finals, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago as well, didn't we? We said, you know, is it the loss? Is there a loss coming and is it the loss they needed to have? It might just be that wake-up call for them. And, yeah, I, I agree with you with shifting guys around. It's... You know, sometimes you're making room for for some guys, and and that 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 can be tough. Um, yeah, you know, I reckon Vailanu, you know, six with six on his back, de- depending on what sort of game he's playing. Um, I don't, I don't I don't know that that suited him the other day. I thought that they did well to keep him relatively out of the game. Um, yeah, I tend to agree, mate. I'm not sure if that's his spot, but no, know, no, they've got, a, they've got a problem to solve there in terms of what quality they've got. Um, I thought uh, Sinclair is just a big addition back to that Norse pack. He's just so polished and doesn't make errors and um, got really good chemistry with it with the players in and around him. Yeah, well, I mean, a third of that team is Bureys and Sinclairs, isn't it? So yeah, it is. It is. Um, you know, when you talk about De- Ben Darwin's theory of cohesion, those all those brothers in that in that squad must be helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the defence was fantastic and. Uh, that goes back to that cohesion stuff. So I think Norse at the moment, you have to say, with the results they've had, um, you know, they've got another big game this weekend against South, but they seem to be the form right now with the most energy and the most polish. Yeah, yeah. I, I like momentum and uh, they just seem to be uh, – they just keep lifting uh, every week to a, to another level and, and I think that was their best performance of the year, there's no doubt. Uh, so if they can keep – that momentum going. Um, I'm just having a. I'm just going to quickly take a look at their their run home. They've got Souths and then um, Sydney Uni and then Warringah. So you know, I mean, it's it's a tough-ish not run easy, home. Yeah, yeah, not that easy. No, oh, they'll be playing Rat Park at. Uh, <laughs> was that their home game? Or is that yeah, that's their home game against Souths um, this week, and then 
next week they're at Sydney Uni, and then the week after it's actually it's the the double home game. It's the Rats at home to the Norths at home. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how Norths kick on over the next few weeks, but yeah, it's certainly. Um, Grabbing everyone's attention now. They're nipping at the heels of Gordon. So there's a race there for that um, minor premiership that we'll know the answer pretty soon. So uh, well done to the Shawman on the big derby win. Um, Eastwood, uh, also a team that's picking up momentum after their big win against Manly. They're far too good for Penrith. Um, just a bit too polished in this one, I think. Yeah, I think um, I think that yeah, the Penrith are... It's hard to tell whether they're improving or not. I would say that they probably are. To keep Eastwood to under fifty points, it's a pretty good Eastwood team too. Mm. Um, you know, again, I didn't get a chance to to have a good look at this one, but um, yeah, it, it's 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 a uh, it's a it's you know gift. Five points, I guess, for Eastwood. Um, yeah, just far too polished in the end. I, I caught bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, look, Penrith uh, obviously playing a very good side, so they'll push on to next week and try and finish the season as, as best as they can. But uh, the Woodies, uh, they're just humming along. Um, you're never going to rule it. They go into the bye next week, but um, you suspect they're going to finish in finals contentions, I think, and uh, you'd never write off Woodies come the pointy end, do you? No, exactly right. Exactly right. They're sitting on thirty-seven points in third right now. A couple clear of Randwick. Um, you know, Sydney Uni with a game in hand are the team that's sort of nipping at those two other teams. So, mm. um, yeah, I, I'd say they'll be there at the business end. Yeah, they have the buy, and then they have uh, Rats into uh, oh, someone tough. Gordon, so they do have a tough finish, but you want those good, those good tough games before the finals. So uh, see how they progress over the next few weeks. I was at Manly Oval for the Marlins East game, Ripper game in second grade. Before I get onto the bad news, uh, yeah. East, East a very strong second grade on the weekend. Manly uh, have been going very well in reserve grade all year. They're sitting in second spot just behind Ramick who they play this weekend and uh, a try after the bell and a sideline conversion from BJ Harbin was the highlight of the Oval uh, experience on Saturday. It was the first time we talked about second grade all year, but we might delve into the lower grades as we, st- as we start coming to the point here. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's look, a tough loss for Manly, isn't it? Um, Eastern Suburbs are now starting to flex their muscle with all those uh, returning representative players. So yeah. I think um, I think they're, they're, they are definitely looking the, the form team um, or one of the form teams coming into the last couple of rounds. Um, it was a drab game, mate, I have to say. It was um, it was tight for most of it, but Manly just surrendered way too much territory and possession to an east side, as you say. It's got a lot of super rugby players. Um, Tom Staniforth had a very good game, I thought. Uh, just got some big bodies, some big carriers, and uh, a bit of polish in, 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 in the backs. But Manly had opportunities there. East went down to 14 and 13 men at one stage and just – um, just couldn't capitalise. So uh, plenty of work to do for Manly and obviously their, their season's well and truly over now, but uh, they'll be looking uh, toward the next few weeks to generate some momentum into next year. But uh, I think East are going to be right in the mix. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, East's run home. They've got Penrith this week, so that that, that looks like a fairly um, Win, a decent win coming to them. Two Blues as well the week after, and then the Derby Randwick. So, I mean, that's three um, pretty. Uh, that's 
three pretty, you know, there's at least 10 points there maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, no, so they'll be, they'll be right up there at the business end. Yeah, I think so. Leota really caught the eye too, big running number six. He was a, a real handful. So they've got plenty of talent, the Beasties, and as you say, just, just looking to pick up a few more wins now. Um, Southern, too good for Hunter, 49-24, but uh, Hunter got a fair few points on the board there. Again, with Clutch now seemingly not as freely providing the information on these games, mate, I'm finding it difficult to track down on the DVDs. Yeah, mate, I, I – um after our little bit of feedback that we got early, early in the piece, I've started going and looking a bit more closely at games. And once again, this was this was one that I, I couldn't really find. <laughs> so, um, just looking at the uh, just looking at the score sheet, um, I've actually been really been impressed for Southern Districts this year with Lawson, their outside centre. He's sort of in the um, you know, he's a bit taller, um, a, a kind of rangy sort of a player uh, in the, I, you know, I don't like comparing to, to guys, but in the Kurandrani kind of mould, I sort of yeah. see him. Yeah. And um, looks like he got a couple of meat pies on the weekend, so congratulations to him. Um, yeah, Souths, have, they've, they've got a, certainly got a, a talented lineup. They're just so inconsistent, and uh, I'm mm. sure that, Todd Loudon would be yelling at them, consistency, consistency, consistency. Um, but, you say that, mate, but they're only one point out of the six. Yeah, well, exactly, Uni, yeah. East and South all played same amount of games. Uni 32 points, East 31, South 30. So they'll be sniffing a chance. Yeah, so Norths, Manly and um, West Harbour to finish the, the season for them. You're right. Like They're, they're absolutely... Uh, in in the mix, probably the home. So you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mate, it's it's sort of below them. Everyone's out. So it's Southern Districts um, to lose at the moment. They're, they're um, you know, they they could definitely sneak into that top six. Huge day at University Oval on the weekend. There was a lot of commemoration between between two of arguably the competition's most famous sides, uh, Sydney University and. Ramick Rugby produced probably the most Wallabies, I would have thought, and uh, lots of history, lots of premierships, as we know. Um, but it was Ramick that really rolled back the clock and were sensational in the first half. They screeched out to a strong lead, seemed to be playing some of that typical Ramick um, footy, uh, really expanded play and, and scored some beautiful tries. It was a great watch on TV. Yeah, it really was. I was uh, I was in the car, actually, with Kearnsey and Clarkey out to um, uh, out to uh, Canberra, and we had this on the iPad. I was sitting in the back seat, so get, keeping the um, Randwick stalwart Phil Kearns updated on the way out there. And uh, he was he was stoked. It was a it was a cracking um, start from Randwick. Twenty eight nil they led, um, which is you know quite incredible. Uh, and then Rowan O'Regan. Um, went to the bin and, you know, it just it just kept becoming painful. Uh, he scored just before the break to, to give them a sniff, but, you know, I thought they were just physically dominant, the Galloping Greens. I, I, I thought they yeah. were um, – and, and I thought that Sydney Uni, um, just there, we spoke about cohesion before, just a few guys came back into the team, you know, mm. Ollie Atkins, Declan Moore, um, you know, Darcy Breen was there. 
Um, I think he'd been there for a couple of weeks, though. Theo, you know, Theo Strang came off the bench. Brad Wilkin play, I think, or he might mm-hmm. be uh, Josh, Josh Kemeny. Josh Kemeny. Yeah, well, so. Mary Wilkin and Tom Robinson arguably back too. So they're going to get some. Yeah. they. I mean, it's not the full charge beast, but it's it's, it's a semi and it's, it's coming down the highway. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. But maybe they just caught a little um, case of the, the yeah. un, you know, incohesive. It was a few guys not really knowing what the other guy was doing. Um, you know, that, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I thought the physicality from Randwick was was outstanding on the weekend. Yeah, they were very impressive. Obviously, they had a couple of disappointing weeks. Uh, three on the trot before Saturday, so Benny McCormack will be delighted at the hit back, especially at uh, a place that's very very difficult to win. Yeah, absolutely. I managed to um, get down there on Friday night for the Colts game. Um, yeah. Uh, I called the Colts um, match between Sydney Uni and Randwick. It was a, ended up being a Sydney Uni win. It was um, fairly comprehensive in the end, but uh, just good atmosphere there. It's a great place to go. I, I do love going uh, to Sydney Uni and, and watching footy. It's just a nice place to watch footy. Oh, it's terrific. I think it's I think it's the best it's the best facility we've got in the comp for sure. It's uh, it's a delight to watch footy there. It's a great grandstand. It's a great facility, and they put on a an excellent show as they always do on and off the pitch. So um, I really like it out there too. And uh, yeah, uni um, are going to be an interesting run to the year. They've got a bit of work to do, but it just seems like they've got a lot of talent back on deck. Uh, yeah. that that uni DNA. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, and the more those guys get to know each other and, and get playing together and training together, the the better they're going to be. So that you're right, that semi trailer, it's just hitting a crest of a hill and it'll be rolling down fairly soon, I reckon. I mean, how many games do you need to generate momentum? Three, probably. Yeah, two, two or three, I reckon. Um, yeah, five, yeah. six, you start getting a bit, uh, you, know, you know what I mean? When, you, when you're really on fire for that long, you start to, like, Gordon's just had it, right? So it's like, yeah, it doesn't take much, you know? You just, I don't know. It's funny, you get to the finals and, you know, people go, oh, you only have to win three games in a row now. I said, yeah, have you, have you watched our last day eight? We're like nine and seven. So yeah. Yeah. Never really know sometimes, but I think I think I think there are trends that we see throughout the year. But as you know, sometimes someone can just come out of nowhere, and there's some some serious contenders this season. Mate, um, last game of the round was at uh, Rat Park, and Josh Holmes's 200th game against the Western Sydney Two Blues. And the Rats far too strong, uh, 58-15 against Western Sydney. I caught a bit of that. I think. Uh, the main man found his way across the, the stripe a few times. It might have been a hat trick. Yeah, it was a hat trick for Josh Holmes in his 200th grade game. So congratulations. Only way, him. Only first, way first one he scored without his pants too. Um, so that was pretty oh. funny. Yeah, it was uh, – oh, he got dacked on the way to the line, still managed to, to score. So uh, that was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty comprehensive victory. Uh, I think that there was a yellow card. I watched. I watched this one fairly closely. There was a, a yellow card for uh, the two blues fairly early in the piece, and that that really hurt them. Um, they yeah, they were they were sort of pushing it uphill after that, uh, and you know territory and possession. They just they just couldn't get enough of it. Rats really dominated in that era. I thought. Ma, uh, who we've spoken about having a really good year at the back, he, he slotted into 10 really well on the weekend and 
got himself a couple of tries as well. I think I think it might have even been a hat trick as well. So he's got to be their player of the year. I would have thought. I don't. I mean, I haven't watched them extremely closely. He just seems to feature in all the highlights every week. He's he's having a great year. Certainly best back, you'd think. Yeah, when when your halves pairing scoring six tries, that's pretty handy, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, it is. You'd only think Josh would uh, mark his 200th game with with a hat trick. He is a genuine freak. I hate to think how many tries he's actually scored. It must be <laughs> he must have a record of some description. I'm sure he does. You'd think so, you know, and and all before half time as well. I, I mean, having said that, the Rats defended their line for large parts of the first half. Um, yeah. You know, they were they were under the pump a bit. I think. Uh, for the two blues, Tui Tupo at number eight was uh, was was outstanding. I thought he he was probably one of their best. Um, and they had Tepai Moriah Moriah come back from the Waratahs as well. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think he was just too well covered. I, I think the Rats yeah. sort of saw him coming. So yeah. anytime he got it, the ball, he was sort of on the back foot behind the ad line. Uh, couldn't really um, couldn't really get any momentum. So. Um, you know that that I think the the rats did their homework really well in that respect, and uh, it was a comprehensive victory in the end. Uh, it was probably too little, too late for the rat season, unfortunately. Yeah, I can't see them make it, mate. They are a nine games like those teams we just mentioned previously, but they're eight points back. I I think just that's not mathematically not going to make it with the teams above. Someone's going to get in there. Unfortunately, it's just too far behind, but. Uh... Anyway, um, Rats will, you know, uh, be like the Marlins this year, mate. They'll have to go back to the drawing board in the off-season, and I'm sure they will, and uh, uh, watch the finals or just not watch it at all. I don't know. It's hard to watch <laughs> when you've been eliminated, isn't it? I'm sure it is, yeah. You just, you just get justified if the team that knocks you out wins it type thing. <laughs> well, oh, that's, no, that's usually the first week of the semi, so, yeah, I don't know. Let's have a quick look at that ladder, actually. Um, Gordon Norse Eastwood. Ramwick Uni East are our sixth at the moment, with South hot on the heels of East. Um, below that, obviously, Ringer Rats, West, Hunter, Two Blues, Penrith. I, I said to you earlier, I thought I might feel like I've got three big sides. I'm not going to know who they were. I, I I don't think I can pick an outstanding side in the sixth year. I mean, look, Gordon and Norse have been the two outstanding sides, only dropping the one game. Um, and you'd have to say Gordon have been the most impressive in terms of performances. Um, but, you know, as they showed on the weekend, they were susceptible to, to where Norse are at at the moment. So, geez, it's very exciting for the competition to have uh, as open as this. And and Uni are in the mix, but I do feel like they're, maybe, they're, they're going to be strong. Are they going to be as strong as the previous seasons? I'm not so sure. Yeah, oh, it's really it's a really fascinating looking ladder at the moment, isn't it? You've got those two teams up the top who've got games in hand. Um, Eastwood and Randwick are right there, and then you've got the the, the next two Union Easts with games in hand. So, um, oh yeah, oh, it's, I find it really hard to to split them. We we did talk about the the run home for um, who was it Eastwood maybe. Um, being fairly good. Um, uni's got Uni's got Gordon and Norse the next two weeks. Yeah, goodness me. And that's then tough, they're going it? to Western Sydney. So if if they were to drop two of those games, looking at the table, not not inconceivable, and win their last, but Souths 
have a more favourable run. They do have Norse as well. They've got Manly and uh, one other where you think they'll probably win. Yeah, um, no, I think it was East, so I was thinking of, who've got the, the best run home because they've got Penrith and two Blues. Yeah. And, uh, and then they um, have Randwick to the Derby to, to finish the season. So I, I think well, East will East, jump. Now, Uni and South, I think, will be fighting for the sixth spot. I reckon East will leapfrog in the fifth. And yeah. one of those will pick up six, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Oh, well, it's all ahead of us, mate. And uh, this weekend, uh, round 11 fixtures, East and Penrith, Gordon and Uni, another monster clash, West and Western Sydney, um, Hunter against the Rats, Norse taking on South, and Roundwick have the Marlins down at Coogee. Um, should be another great weekend. You're going to get out and about. No, you've got no super rugby commitments this weekend, mate, so you'll be, you'll be firmly locked in the shoot shield action, I'm sure. Uh, I, I will be. I, I... I've been, and I'm I'm loath to uh, to tell the public this, but I will anyway. Um, I <laughs> I've been bacheloring the last week or so. The family's been up at Kingscliff, um, and I've been back here working. But um, they arrive home on Saturday afternoon, so I think I'll have to be at the airport to pick them up. But maybe, just maybe, I can convince them to swing via Coogee Oval on the way home, and um, Maybe we can um, get a get a paddle pop and sit on the out out of, out of somewhere and, and get a bit of a view. Mate, I'll give you all the comfort you need, but I'm not sure you'll get the right answer. I don't know. But, uh, mate, if, if it makes you feel better, you need to get for the chest. I think that's a great suggestion. And I'm um, sure it'll be a lovely day down at Coogee for a paddle pop. So you probably take the family down there, mate. Mate, 100% it's just in the airport. It's perfect, actually. It's actually the perfect, perfect idea to spend the Saturday Arvo down at Coogee Oval with the family. I'm sure that's what your wife's looking forward to is more time with the kids at the footy while you're entrenched in the game. Uh, we'll see, mate. I'll see if I can sell it to her. Maybe I'll just tell her to listen to Shootcast. <laughs> we could do with another listener. Mate, have a great weekend. Uh, I'll speak to you next week. Sounds good, mate.